Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of TCK's Premier League podcast with me, Sebastian Noren, Polly Quistel and Elliot Niblock. We're less than a week away from the start of the season, so we thought it was fitting that we'll do a little preview where we go team by team and uh, see what they've done over the summer here and uh, how we think they will fare in this upcoming campaign. So we'll start from the bottom with the newcomers. And uh, let's start things off with Burnley, who uh, ended up winning the championship last season, earning promotion. And if you look at what they've done so far during the summer, it's not been that much. They brought in um, Johan Goodmanson, the Icelandic winger from Charlton, along with Nick Pope, also from Charlton. And then they brought in John Flanagan on loan from Liverpool. Uh, Paulie, when you look at this Burnley team, you know, do you think that they have enough to stay up? No, Burnley's got to show me that they can stay up for a year before I ever pick them to do it. They've been in the league a couple of times recently, and they've been one of the worst teams in the league each time. Yeah, how do they fare? They'll last still time they take points up? off United at Turf Moor, though. That they'll do. <laughs> That's a given, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, they had a pretty. I mean, for being in the championship, they had a good, really good season. They won. Uh, with 93 points, they scored 72 goals while yeah, only allowing every, 35. Every team, every new coming team to the Premier League had a really good season in the championship a year oh, before. Yeah. That's the way that the uh, that the structure works, Seb. Let me explain this to you. Uh, you have to win in the championship to get to the Premier League. So yes, you, but I mean the way to... the way that they won the league was impressive. They only lost five games the whole season. Yeah, Turf Moor is not an easy place to play. I'll give them that. It's just that every Premier League team seems to figure out how to do it other than one. Yeah. I mean, I I think the the only the only newly promoted side that I can say I think will stay up is Middlesbrough, to be honest. Um, I mean, because they also, obviously, as Paulie pointed out, explaining the promotion system for us, <laughs> had a good season in the championship last year. Uh, and they've been pretty active in the transfer market, actually, in the build-up to the Premier League campaign this season. Yeah, they've been very active. We'll move over to Middlesbrough. I, I also feel like Burnley is going to have a tough time. Middlesbrough, they brought in Victor Valdez from Manchester United, the former Barcelona goalkeeper. They brought in Martin Deron from Atalanta and Victor Fisher from Ajax, along with some other players. Um, Alvaro Negredo, striker on loan from Valencia. And Brad Guzan, who's going to be a new backup goalkeeper. Yep. <laughs> Although that's uh, that is exactly the role that Guzan should be playing: backup on a team that will probably be relegated. Mm. I mean, we'll see. I, I, mean, I mean, isn't that the position he played last year? Yes, it is. Exactly. Oh! He's like just kind of lat- moving laterally. <laughs> yeah. Um, but moving laterally means avoiding the drop, though. So you know, there's well, that. He, he does. He does the drop. He just climbs back up. Oh yeah, he, um, he lets the team free fall and then floats until he can grab onto the next thing. I have one concern about Middlesbrough though. All these signings that they're making—it's reminding me of one team. Okay. Uh, a, a few years ago, when QPR did that. Oh yeah. Like that Brazil uh, Julio Cesar, and they signed a bunch of veterans, and then they still dropped. They signed um, that kind of in-demand Algerian-French midfielder who is uh, Adele Tarapt, who like had a lot of 
hype about him for about That's 45 fun. seconds and then turned out to be not even mediocre. But otherwise, I hope Middlesbrough stays up because when I think of Middlesbrough, I think of your quintessential walk-in-the-park home game where you win 4 nothing. <laughs> that is damning with faint praise for Middlesbrough fans, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope they stick around for some time. Also... Mm-hmm. Uh, Wayne Rooney and Carlos Tevez in 2007 linked up on like an unbelievable goal against Middlesbrough that I that was like for two months people were saying that they couldn't play together and then that was some game in like October where they just they both made these ridiculous passes to each other and finally I think Tevez finished it off and it was like okay this is gonna work out well they had a good defensive record last season they allowed the fewest goals in the championship 31 to be exact and with valdez coming in i mean that's an upgrade for sure and i i don't feel like they've done a qpr where they've gone after just veterans i mean deron is in proper age fisher is still young so it will be interesting to see here what they what they can do but they do lack some firepower up front, and I'm not sure Negredo is the answer. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I mean, he could he could end up thriving there in a way that he hasn't. I mean, it's just he's a schluff off from the team that can afford to buy way more players than will ever see the pitch. And mm. I I mean, I don't. I don't rate him as a world-class striker or anything, but I do think that he'll get a more fair shake at Borough than he ever did in City. Yeah. Okay, and then the last team that won promotion, they got up through the promotion playoffs. That was Hull City, and big story there. You know something interesting about Hull? Yes. They also had a good season in the championship last year. (laughs) They had a decent one. They finished fourth in the regular season, and they won the qualification playoffs. Um, they, yeah, they're all right. But now they are without manager Steve Bruce, who left the team with three weeks to go. Yeah, I. That you can't. I mean, they, they look to me like the team to be this year's Aston Villa in the Premiership, just like. Totally out of sorts. I don't. Oh, you are forgetting about one. About one. Uh, we'll get there, but you're forgetting about one. One team. Well, there's there's it written all over them. Yeah, there's there's room for multiple teams to be abysmal in the coming year, but I fear that. I mean, just like the way that Steve Bruce's resignation, you know, that that strikes me as just an iceberg tip, and there's a lot of other things going wrong at the front office at this club, and the club doesn't actually even look that strong on the team sheet to begin with, so I I don't know how how enjoyable this whole Premier League campaign is going to be, but we'll find out. Yeah, the only player in so far is Will Mannion, a goaltender from AFC Wimbledon. AFC Wimbledon? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, that that was the underlying thing why Bruce apparently left too. It was because of the lack of signings. Yeah. And now they're getting down to the wire here. We got about mm, 23 days left of the transfer window. Yeah, I hear Arsene Wenger is going to resign because there have been a lack of signings at Arsenal soon. <laughs> he needs to go. God, Arsenal fans would love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. Apparently, he says that he's willing to spend on a striker. So, we'll see. Sure. We'll see. We'll talk more about Arsenal later. 
but yeah, Hull definitely uh, looks like the weakest side on paper going into this season. And not holding out much hope unless they can uh, really get things going here on the transfer market last three weeks or so. Um, continuing, let's go right above the relegation zone where we find Sunderland. They managed to pull out the escape there with Big Sam at the rudder. But he's left to become the new England manager. And he was replaced by David Moyes, who after a poor spell at Manchester United and a fairly poor stint at Real Sociedad in La Liga. He's now back in England. He um, thought he was treated unfairly by Manchester United. He's still moaning about that. Will he be able to keep Sunderland out of the relegation zone this season? Uh, I I think they've got they've got a better shot than you know than Hull. <laughs> I I don't I don't know. I I I still think that the best thing about Sunderland is the state name of the stadium of light. And that's also a way of damning with faint praise for this team. I don't think that Jermaine Defoe, I mean, I think we've already seen his swan song and I don't think that Sunderland are going to be, I mean, again, they might, they might pull uh, another late campaign kind of push out of the relegation zone, but, they're going to be in the muck for much of this season, I think. Yeah, they made one signing so far, and that's uh, Papi Gilobuji from Chelsea, the center back. Uh, Eight million pounds they paid for him. Um, not sure if that's going to be enough. Because Defoe led the team in goals last season, but what did they have besides Defoe? Jermaine Defoe is Jermaine Defoe. Like, we know what he is. I think this is the team that's going to be the, the next uh, Aston Villa. Uh, yeah. Because they were bad last year, and then they, they just they pulled a, a bunch of wins out of their ass at the end of the season and did enough to stay up. But, I mean, let's not forget, they were pretty bad. And I do think that Moyes is good with small teams. You know, he's right now the, the stench of David Moyes is that he's a terrible manager because he failed at United and he failed at Real Sociedad. I do think he's good with small teams, but again, he hasn't signed anybody. He wants Fellaini. He wants Yanazai. Come take him. What are you waiting for? <laughs> what the hell uh, are you waiting for? Because nobody else, you're the only manager in the world that wants Fellaini. You know, somehow he still keeps playing for United. But come get him. They're here. They're in the window. Like, you don't have to walk deep into the store to get them they're right in the front <laughs> at first i thought you meant in the transfer window yeah. i like that yeah. I, I, mean, I don't know you think that yanuzai is it really is it really time to kind of close the door on his manchester united career you'd seen enough of him yeah no man the managers just aren't giving him a chance because nobody wants to actually play him in his in his real position um which is odd like it's like he's a left wing. It's not like we have. It's not like we've been having Ryan Giggs there for the last four years. Like I like, I understand. Louis Van Al thought he was good enough to be a number ten. He's not. Uh, just play him as a left wing because that's where he was really good. Stop playing him as a right wing because he's not good there. 
You know, just yeah. play him in his real position. It's like, I mean, so he's, yeah, but managers don't like it. He needs to go to a small club so that he'll actually play and he'll show the world that he could be good. You know, he yeah. went to Dortmund last year where he didn't really have a good season, but also because he didn't play because, ah, they have Marco Royce, they had Mickey Tarion, they have, yeah. they have Chigawa. Like, they you have know, good I players think, there. I think he's a player who could benefit, as you say, Paulie, to a move to a smaller club in a similar way to that, uh, Jordan Shakiri has, you know, in playing for Stoke, right? Because he could yeah. never break into the Bayern Munich team. It's not because he's a bad player. He's a very good player. And I think that Yanuzai, I mean, I, actually him, Sunderland signing him would be best for both parties involved, I think. Yeah. But, you know, we'll, we'll see if it happens or not. Well, they desperately need help up front because right now they're sitting with two forwards and that's Jermaine Defoe and Fabio Borini. Yeah. And I, like I said, I don't think... I mean, Jermaine Defoe Each one more score. exciting than the next. Yeah, Jermaine Defoe will have a couple of Premier League goals left in the tank, but not a ton of them. I mean, he had 15 last season. Yeah, I, I don't... Even though he's going to have more time in the Premier League, I don't see him equaling that total even with more games in 2016. Yeah. Okay, 16th place, we found uh, newcomers Bournemouth. They, um, I mean, fairly strong showing for being a newcomer and suffering a lot of heavy losses uh, with injuries throughout the season. Um, you know, Eddie Howe in charge there. Are they going to just keep on, keep on going? They finished 16th last year. I would, I think they'll finish 16th again this year. No, yeah. they're not. I don't think they. I mean, they got better, but they, you know, they got better enough to like stay and to stay the same to stay the course yeah sort of mid table but still pretty safe yeah they. Uh, i mean i wouldn't call 16th the middle okay yeah bottom of the mid table bottom middle uh they brought in louis cook from leeds uh luz mose from leavre american emerson hindman from fulham uh, they brought in Jordan Ebay from Liverpool. That's their big splash there, 15 million pounds. And then... Um, you Brad, better hope that works. Yeah, Brad Smith, also from Liverpool. And then Nathan Aki from Chelsea on loan. I mean, some pretty good signings, though. And then they saw, you know, big loss there. Matt Ritchie uh, joined Newcastle for 12 million pounds. Matt Ritchie didn't have a great season last year. No, he had some you know, splotches of brilliance, but yeah. So maybe he just wants to go back to the championship where he could be good. <laughs> splotches is such a like ugly way of describing brilliance. Sorry. It's yeah. like, that's yeah. okay. But it's I mean, just, e- eBay like you got a nice splotch of brilliance on yes. your shirt. There. Yeah. But I mean, eBay is an upgrade. Yes. No. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I, I'm with Paulie on this one. I, I don't know that they're going to finish dead exactly on 16th, but I mean, for a club like, you, you've got to say that I think, consistent I think mediocrity in the best league in the world for a club like Bournemouth is good. And I also feel that for a lot of these quote-unquote smaller good. teams, like being able good. to just stay up is huge because of all of the extra money in the league. And, you know, it's- I mean, the parity is only going to increase. It's a dream come true for a club like, all right, here's the problem with Leicester City winning the title is the story of Bournemouth kind of 
people <laughs> forgot about it by October. Because you know how everybody's saying right now, like it doesn't matter if Leicester finish fifteenth because they already want, like they want, like the fans of Leicester, like we won the title once. You know that you can never take that away from us. The fans of Bournemouth last year were like, who cares if we get relegated? Because this is the year that Liverpool and United and Chelsea and and Arsenal, it's the year that they all had to come to. Um, I forgot the name of their stadium, but they all had to come to Bournemouth. And it's the, no, no, that's, that's Leicester. Leicester. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, and it's the year that Bournemouth went to Old Trafford and to Anfield, you know, that was, so the fact that they're just still there, like that they're still doing this. Yeah. Their fans are going to be thrilled with that. And, and yeah, maybe they won't finish dead on 16th. What I meant was, I think they're going to finish at the bottom of the table, but they're not going to be in a relegation fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Vitality stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Life means life. Power, vitality. And they're like kind of slant rhyme synonyms yeah. <laughs> yes but definitely good for them they stayed up and they can look forward to another season with uh, big clubs coming to the Vitality Stadium 16th place or 15th place excuse me Crystal Palace uh, who started off the season great they were in a like fifth place uh, almost halfway through the season and then just plummeted down the standings um yeah, Alan Pardew has a lot to think about here if he can get them back into the type of form that they showed early on last year. Uh, they brought in Andres Townsend from Newcastle, 13 million pounds. James Tompkins, West Ham United defender, 10 million pounds. And goaltender or goalkeeper Steve Mandanda from Marseille. Uh, yeah, as far as players out, I mean, Dwight Gale, they got somehow they got 10 million pounds for him uh, from Newcastle. And then they released Emmanuel Adebayor and Marwan Chemak. <laughs> oh God! So I'm surprised. The that... fact that they had Marwan Chemak and Ad- and Emmanuel Adebayor is hilarious. Like, what kind of club would employ those two guys? Yeah, There's some strong hair game right there. Yeah, I mean Townsend. I I feel like that's a sol- solid addition. Uh, same with Mandanda. I mean, he should be their starter. He's At done. Crystal Palace, the hardest team to predict because all they've done over the last year is sign players and sign players and sign players, and none of them have caught on. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a question of will those guys catch on or not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that I reserve yeah. all the rest of my Crystal Palace judgments until I see if those guys catch on or not. Well, yeah. I mean, if they if they don't have the bottom fall out in the middle of the season the way they did last year, they could like actually you know push for at least the top half finish. But I mean, who's going to score the goals here for them? They're in yeah. desperate need of a. I mean, they could really use a Christian Benteke. Okay, but wait, but what happens if that? Not that if the bottom falls out uh, comes out. What happens if they never even get started? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what happens if the bottom is still out? then Pardew was going to be fired by Christmas. Yeah. I wonder what the odds are on that in Vegas. <laughs> I mean, looking over here, I mean, they had a couple of players that got five goals, and that was it. Like, five was the team lead, and they had, I want to say, four players. They had that, that one there. guy that scored five in one game. Let's see, Scott, Scott. Didn't one player have five in one game? No. Oh, uh, okay. I'm making things up now. I'm a little delusional right now. 
Yeah, Scott Dan had five, Kabaya had five, Bulase had five, Connor Wickham had five. So we can move on from Crystal Palace. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay, next up, 14th place, West Bromwich Albion. Uh, that's yeah. No, you you both just said everything we have to say. Yeah. About. <laughs> I was like, can, place can we and, move on? Uh, yeah. Go on. They well, they got new owners. Do you think that's going to change anything? Cool. No. Show me that it'll change something by getting rid of your manager and bringing in some good players that aren't named Johnny Evans. Yeah. I mean, you know, Barahino and Rondon. That like this is this is a team that can score goals. Yeah, but even are if they a manager who would prefer not to? Yeah, but you know they're. Well, that- that's, I mean, that's the that's the problem. You know, Manchester United had some players last year that could score goals. The manager just preferred not to. I mean, the thing is that I still think Berahino's going to leave. This but right. this so, transfer window? Yes. You think so? I thought he was going to leave two transfer windows. Again. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, the only new signing they've made is Matty Phillips from QPR. So, yeah, we'll see if they keep on trucking here like they've done the last couple of seasons or if they're actually going to fall down into the relegation battle. Uh, 13th place, Watford, the best-placed newcomer last season, uh, yeah. 45 points. They also had a good first half of the season. They got a lot of goals from Odion Igalu and Troidini. Then they sort of fell off the map there second half when they were already in a really good spot as far as points go. Yeah, I mean they're they're a team that had to be, you know, also kind of over the moon with how they finished last season. Um, I I think I think they might just end up being mired in the relegation battle this year, though. I mean I I like Igalo, but I just I've never seen enough from Dini to be confident that he can produce week in week out, year in year out in the Premier League. I mean, this is such a such a regression candidate. Yeah, yeah. you're not yeah. getting the season that you got out of Dini and Igalo anymore. Again, yeah. that's that's a one-time thing, and yeah, they're going to be down in the relegation battle. And, they, and I wouldn't even be shocked if they get relegated. Yeah, yeah. As far as they tra- also lost their manager, you know, they fired their manager after the season. Yeah, that was a weird decision. Um, I think Flores was a really good manager, but. No, it is what it is. As far as transfers in there, they got Isak success. They got a success from Granada, twelve million pounds. Uh, Christian Cabalese from uh, Belgium, Racing Genk, five point eight million. Jerome Sinclair, they brought over from Liverpool. It cost him four million pounds. Uh, we'll see if he can sort of provide some competition there for Igalu and Dini. Uh, Juan Suniga came in on loan from Napoli, and I love then- how all these bottom of the table clubs like they're oh we'll get a good player like let's let's see who liverpool has in their reserves mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah Sinclair, if they were that I think good he's like they'd be playing for liverpool and liverpool would be better than average and then last signing was bryce jadje from marseille swansea city 12th place also 47 points uh they had a rough start to the season gary monk got fired they brought in francisco guidolin uh, started playing a little bit better. They just signed an extension with key player Gilfie Sigurdsson. Uh, and uh, uh, Angel, uh, I, was, I never can pronounce his name. Is it Rangel or Ronhel? Or I just want to say 
Angel Rangel, but I'm not sure that's actually. I think correct. it's Rangel. Yeah, they, Ron, let's go with. Do you still have co-managers? No, I think I mean Guadalin is the head guy. Okay. Yeah. So they made a permanent move for Le- Leroy Fur. Uh, he was on loan last season. They brought in Mike van der Horn from Ajax, uh, Tyler Reed from Manchester United, George Byers from Watford, and then Fernando Lorente from Sevilla. Um, I mean, they played a lot better under Guidolin to to sort of close out the season. I think they'll be a mid-table team again this year. Still some doubts whether Andre Ayu is going to stay or not. Um, yeah, it it looks like West Ham are preparing a bid for him. Yeah. So. so without him, I mean, they lose their top scorer. Um, mm-hmm. And same thing there when we were talking Negredo. I mean, Lorente has a couple of pretty average seasons behind him. Yeah, I th- I I think Swansea could end up dropping a few places in the table, but I don't. I still don't think that they're going to be mired in the relegation battle in the way that I see Watford and, and maybe West Brom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mid-low yep. table finish for Swansea, yep. especially if they sell IU. Yes. Then Everton, they finished 11th for the second season in a row. <laughs> yep. Roberto Martinez got fired. He's now the new Belgium manager. For some reason. What is going on at that club? <laughs> they brought in Ronald Koeman, who left Southampton. Something really... I mean, I thought he had something good going there at Southampton. But he left to take over Everton. Big thing there is, are they going to be able to keep Romelu Lukaku or not? Uh, as far as transfers in, they brought in uh, Martin Stecklenburg to be the new backup as Tim Howard left. And then they got Idrissa... He's not the backup. You don't think it's going to be the backup? No, they brought him in to they brought him in to play. Oof! Yikes! You think Joel Robles is going to be the starter? Yes. No, no. They brought Stecklenburg in to play. He's been starting the preseason games. He's going to play. Okay. Well, that's not a good sign for them. Um, and then Idrissa Gouye. No, neither has Aston neither Vida. has the way they've been playing on the field been a good sign. The fact they haven't signed anybody else, even though you know your team was only good enough to finish 11th. You're relying on Ross Barkley, who's so inconsistent. Uh, you're relying on Romelu Lukaku, who has like four goals in the calendar year of 2016. I mean, Ronald Coleman's a really good manager and a really good, he's a good guy. He's good. He's good at the youth development. Everton have a fantastic academy. So maybe there's a hidden gem there that Ronald Koeman can find. But otherwise, what the hell's going on at this club? They just got a new owner, too, who has money. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? I mean, I, th- I, I think that this is going to be another mid-table finish for Everton, which c- could be the springboard to a real top four or at least, you know, Europa League qualification challenge next season. But I don't. I'm not sure I see them suddenly kicking on and, you know, fighting for fourth, fifth place. I mean, I'll sum up Everton. I'll sum up Everton for you just like this. My friend from Liverpool just landed yesterday um, and gone in. I saw him. I spoke to him yesterday. He is a diehard Everton fan. He's been going to Everton games all his life. And he just said, I didn't renew my season ticket this year. Womp womp. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is here, too. I mean, if Stones leaves, I mean, they're still talking about Manchester City poning up 50 million pounds for Stones. And that would be the best thing that could happen to them. And take Lukaku leaves. Stones, take 50 million for Stones and take, take, some, take 15 of that 50 million and buy a real defender. But if Stones and Lukaku leaves, they're going to have a lot of work to do on the transfer market. Well, they just need a striker, yeah. but they need a striker anyway. Like, you need cover for Lukaku. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you know, actually, a player that, boy, if they signed Barahino, that would be a really great move for Everton. Yeah. Especially because he's such a different style player from Lukaku that I think that they could play off one another really well. And also, as you say, Pauly provide cover for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Kuman definitely uh, took on a challenge here with Everton, that's for sure. Tenth place, Chelsea. I love. I, can we just bask for one more moment before the start of the new campaign in saying tenth place Chelsea? Because sure. I just love the sound. Do you want, do you want some more facts? No, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. that. I'm not going to do that. This was the this was the first time in twi- look at the twenty years that's responsible for them in tenth place. Yeah, yeah. First time in twenty years that they finished outside the top six. Dang! Wow. But, you know, that's not a club where you don't renew your season tickets even when that happens. No. no. I don't think any of us think that they are going to be in a double-digit position again in this season. No. I mean, the, the thing is that, you know, just to recap, they got off to a horrible start. They fired Jose Mourinho. Gosirin came in as caretaker manager. They played a little bit better, finished in 10th. Then Antonio Conte comes in as the new manager. He did a great job with Italy. He's a mastermind tactician and motivator and they spent some money they brought in N'Golo Kante for 30 million pounds from champions Leicester and they also brought in Michi Bacuayi from Marseille 33 million pounds and I mean they have a good squad on paper and I think Conte is the guy who get to get the best out of them so I would assume Chelsea to be definitely in the race uh, for a top four finish can yeah. you motivate players that don't want to be motivated? That's the challenge that Conte's going to have. Why, why do you say they don't want to be motivated? And, I mean, well, who particularly it, the are, question is, are they? The question is, are they hungry to win again? After a season like last year? Of yeah, course. I would say so. Abs- absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Diego Costa didn't just miraculously become not a jackass, but, like... I, I mean, you know, he's he's maybe a problem child on this squad, but him notwithstanding, like these are, well, there are a lot of top flight world class players on this team, and yeah, they be don't want to be doing anything but lifting four. trophies. They're going to compete for the top four. I think they're going to draw too many games together, though. They did draw a lot of games last season. Yeah. Well, that that was like when when. Who's hitting took over? They just started drawing the games that that they had been losing. Mm-hmm. This year, I think they're going to draw some of the games that they should be winning. Okay. Yeah, fourteen yeah, draws last season. I don't know. I I think I think that fourth place, maybe even third, is possible for Chelsea this season. Yeah. Of course it is. There's six yeah. teams that I could see being in the top four. I know it's it's insane. I I love it. I'm like both. 
scared for Arsenal and excited for the competition in the league as a whole because it's only getting better and it's already amazing. Yes. Stoke City, they finished in ninth. Um, you know, 51 points, so one point more than Chelsea. And we've seen this sort of transformation, Stoke, from being a you know, rough and tumble type of team to be having some more flair. Um, they brought in Joe Allen from Liverpool, $13 million. Uh, promising. I need to see consistency out of it. Yes. Uh, promising winger Ramadan Sobi, uh, Egyptian international from Alali. And uh, Ryan Sweeney, also from AFC Wimbledon. AFC Wimbledon selling some players to the Premier League. Yeah. Um, and as far as players out, I mean, it was only Steve Sidwell and Peter Odenvingi. So they definitely gotten better on paper. But as you alluded to, Polly, consistency. That is key for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I they are they're a team that I still don't think in terms of their talent, they've played to be equal to and certainly not greater than the sum of their parts. But if they're able to kick on and do that, they're they're a dangerous side. Yeah, I mean, they, they can, especially at home, they can beat anyone on a given day. I mean, they picked up 14 wins last season, which is very impressive. Um, so, yeah, they're going to be a hard team to beat, for sure. But I, th- I still think they're going to end up somewhere around 9th, 10th, 11th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that sounds right to me as well. Eighth place, we had Liverpool, who uh, started their transformation as Jurgen Klopp came in as the manager, replacing Brendan Rodgers. Now that he's had a full uh, preseason with the team, as well as brought in some new players, do you think we'll see Liverpool take the next step? No. No? <laughs> no. Is that is that said out of... Uh... Because calculated prediction or spite? (laughs) It's actually out of calculated prediction. Okay. Please expand. Um, But they are actually coming from my brain this time around. Uh, You just said they started their transformation under Jurgen Klopp, and then they just stopped it abruptly because there's no transformation here. Oh, cool! They brought in two players. They brought in a. They brought in Gigi or Georgie or whatever his name is, Wijnaldum. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that said, probably can't pronounce his name anyway. Georginio. Wijnaldum. 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 And then Sadio Mane from Southampton. He had a great season last year. Uh, also, Joel Matip and Ragnar Klavan, two new center backs to replace uh, Kolotore and Martin Skirtle. I don't know. I, I feel like Klopp has sort of shed a lot of dead weight, too, from the team. Yeah, I... I Do I think Liverpool will finish higher than 8th? Yes. Do I think that they will finish higher than 5th? No. It seems about reasonable. Somewhere okay. around there. 5th, 6th, 7th. I think they will, they will have more than the 60 points that they got last season they will not have more than 70 points. And I think that 
the fourth place team in this season will probably be sitting on 70 points. Yeah. I mean, I for their sake, I hope that they can sell Benteke because I feel like he's taking way too much focus yeah. away from the team. Um, it's been very prolonged transfer saga here with him. And it seems like they're just holding out for the right bid, basically. Yeah. They still want to recuperate as much as possible because they spent, you know, $32.5 million to buy him. Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of can they adapt to Klopp's, you know, style of play? Is it going to be successful? Are they going to be consistent as well? Um, but I, I definitely feel like they're on the right path. Because yeah. I, I do hold Klopp as a phenomenal manager. Seventh place, West Ham. West Ham had a great season. Uh, Slava, mm-hmm. Slavin Bilic, first year in charge there. Um, you know, the emergence of Dimitri Payet coming over from France. Um, you know, he was one of the standout players of the season. Um, was he even the signing of the season in your mind, Elliot? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Of course he was. Yeah. And they're now they're going to be playing in the uh, brand new stadium. Yes. Yeah. I mean, a lot of hype. That they won't fill. Yeah, we'll see. Mm, well, we'll see. Yeah. As far as transfers go, as far as West Ham goes, they brought in uh, Tony Martinez from Valencia, along with Sofiane Feguli, also from Valencia, uh, Howard Notveit from Borussia Mönchengladbach, uh, Gokan Torre. Uh, from Besiktas on loan with an option to make the deal permanent. They picked up Ashley Fletcher from Manchester United on a free and Domingos Cunha from Chelsea also on a free. Uh, players out. Uh, James Tompkins, only really noteworthy name there. Uh, Crystal Palace, 10 million pounds. Yeah, they're going to start well. They're going to fade towards the end. I feel, did they already get bounced out of the Europa League? I feel nope. like they did that again. Nope. Still in it. Yep. All right. Well, if if they're playing in the Europa League, that could cause them some problems. It's just I I think the teams above them are a step above them. The teams that they're trying to compete with are a step above them, and uh, Dimitri Payet is not alone. Is not enough to put them over that edge. No, they've also. I mean, it's been well known they're on the hunt for a quality striker that can. Yeah, help because out. Andy Carroll is not that option. Yeah. But, I mean, a seventh-place finish last season, that's really impressive. Yeah, but I, I, just, I don't see there being much room for improvement because I think the, you know, I think the, other, the teams above them are going to stay above them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liverpool might be able to jump them. Chelsea will certainly jump them. It, there's a lot. There's a lot to go. The teams that are fighting for the top that West Ham want to be fighting with, they're just so much better than West Ham. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, if they can get in a quality score, they might have a chance of ending up somewhere around seventh place again. Um, so we'll we'll see how they do. Sixth place, we found Southampton, sixty three points. Uh, very impressive season for them. Although once again, another turbulent off season with uh, Ronald Koeman leaving as manager. Uh, Claude Puel is now in charge, and they also saw arguably their best player in Sadio Mane at leave. So I, I feel like this is a team that could also drop a couple of places. 
Yeah, I, I you feel like that every year though with Southampton, and at this point, it's it's pick against Southampton at your own peril because we do that every year, and every year they prove us wrong. And we thought that that was what was going to happen the first time their manager left, uh, when Mauricio Pochettino left, mm-hmm. and then Ronald Koeman stepped in, and he took the team even even higher than Pochettino did. Yep. And now their new manager, he seems like a he seems like he knows what he's doing. They, didn't they bring in somebody from Bayern Munich? Yeah, Pierre-Emil Höjbjerg. Yeah, who's been apparently lighting the world on fire. So, you know what? I'm gonna, I think sixth is a little high yes. for Southampton, but seventh is like right around where they might end up being. This is, I mean, this, they're Southampton at this point. They're establishing themselves as a team that consistently finishes in that six, seven, eight range like Everton used to do. I'm just worried that they're not going to have enough goals in them. Because, I mean, Mane left and he was the joint top scorer with uh, Graziano Pelle, who also left. And then they lost Victor Vanyama. I mean, those are three yeah, they pretty did, they heavy did. losses. Yeah, but, I mean, if you look if you look the season before that, their numbers when Morgan Schneider played versus when he didn't play, I mean, they won all the time when he played. They couldn't win at all when, when he left. It was like, all right, Morgan Schneider is going to be the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm-hmm. And, and he wasn't. They were fine without him. So, I mean, at a certain, yeah, at a certain point, if you keep losing players, mm-hmm. um, eventually it's going to come to, you're, it's just going to be too much. But who are we to say that that, 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 that move is now? Because we've been saying it for three years and it's never happened. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just that they weren't that high scoring to begin with. I think Mane and Pele each had 11 league goals last season. So, and then third was Chain, Shane Long with 10. Okay, but they also have Jack Butland. And if you listen to this show, then they do have Jack Butland, right? Yes, I'm not confused and we do love. Right, if you listen to this show, we make it seem like Jack Butland never gives up a goal. So, they, that's, they're starting every game with one point. They're going to get a draw out of a nil-nil. And then if they could just get any goal, that's three points. Well, Butland is Stoke. I, I just asked you. Oh, like, sorry. I said, am I confusing him with Stoke? They yes. have Fraser Forrester, though, yes. who also is very good. Yes. Same principle. He's even better than Butland, I would argue. All right, there you go. Yes. So every game's either going to be nil-nil or Southampton's going to win. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Well, uh, we've lost um, Elliot here. Apparently some Wi-Fi trouble, but we'll, we'll carry on. Fifth place, Manchester United a team that has done a lot in the offseason. New manager in, Jose Mourinho. Big signings in Slatan Ibrahimovic, Henry Mkhitaryan, Eric Bali, And on the verge of signing Paul Pogba, just a medical left. How good can Manchester United be this season? Very. And it's not, I'm not even, first of all, I'm already ready to fire Jose Mourinho. Because he's had one somewhat competitive game in charge, and so far, one time he has already started marijuana. Yes, Fellini got the start. What has done to just keep getting chances? How this guy just keeps playing? Three managers have all started him as a number six, even though he's terrible in the in the role. Um, and how he just how I, I I'm pretty sure like two years ago Jose Mourinho was running his mouth being like. Like, oh, Marijuana Fellaini, he's a player, but, you know, he's not a good, he, he's not a player good enough to play for top teams. 
as he took like a dig at Manchester United. And now he's you're the manager of Manchester United and you've been in charge for one game where you have options like Ander Herrera and Morgan Schneiderlin and Bastian Schweinsteiger, who you decided you hate, and you're choosing Marijuan Fellaini. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. He should be a lot further down the pecking line. He should be like the fifth or sixth option, especially with Pogba coming in. Yeah, he should be off the team. Like, why hasn't Sunderland come and swooped him up yet? Come on, David Moyes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Mourinho can turn this team into champions in just one year. Think about first United last year when they played City twice. They got a draw. They got a win. Tottenham twice, a win and a loss. Arsenal, win and a loss. Their problem wasn't against the good teams. Their problem was dropping points in these nil-nil games against crappy lower table sides. And Jose Mourinho is going to, like under Jose Mourinho, they're not going to draw those games because they're not attacking. They'll actually win those games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean. So already, already right there, that's a lot of improvement. Yeah, I, I think that people should have a lot to look forward to if they're a United fan. And I think Pogba is just, you know, such a good signing. Yes, he costs an enormous amount of money. but Not he, my money. But he makes the team so much better. And I think, you know, as as long as, you know, when Slatan gets into match form because he's, you know, with the extended uh, vacation here, he's not... You know, he's not up to snuff quite yet. He's still got the winning goal in the Community Shield. This is going to be the theme of the show this year. You and I are going to do about Zlatan a lot. You and I are going to do about Zlatan because he was in, invisible for 89 minutes yesterday. Yeah, and then guess what? He scored the winning goal. That's yeah, all he it's, needs it's to do. That's all he it's needs to do. going to drive me I do agree with that, but it's going to... But, I mean, it was the same thing. We've seen that before, though. I mean, Ruud van Nistelrooy didn't have a tremendous amount of influence on games, but he scored a shit ton of goals. Yeah, but I need... I, I, let's see him link back up better and, and, and actually get into the game because I don't know if those goals will come as, as abundantly as you think they will. We'll see. I mean, they they definitely need to strike up a rapport him and Rooney on the field. That's for sure. That that that's a key for them, really. If Rooney's going to continue to play yeah, they that need number to ten role, to, they need to learn how to play better. Yeah. Yeah. Do we want to say anything else about the Community Shield before we move on to Manchester City? Uh, I'll, I'll touch on it when I when I when we get to Leicester. Okay. Okay. Fourth place, Manchester City. Uh, you know, 66 points, the same as United, but they had a better goal difference. Um, yeah, I mean, just looking at that, too, I mean, United only scored 49 goals. And then you go to City, they scored 71. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. United, I think they're going to score a lot more goals. So, but Manchester City, very active in the transfer window. Uh, Ilkay Gundogan coming in from Borussia Dortmund. Nolito from Celta Vigo. Uh, Oleksandr Sinchenko from Ufa, uh, Leroy Sane from Chalke, uh, you know, big signing there, 37 million pounds. Uh, and then uh, Gabriel Jesus from Palmeiras, he's going to be uh, joining the team in 
January and then Marlos Morini from Atletico Nacional. And then we haven't really seen that many players leave. They, yeah, Martin Di Michelis is gone, finally, for them. Uh, Richard Wright retired. So Manchester City, you know, should be a team to look out for, especially with new manager Pep Guardiola in charge. But this is the first time Pep ever has to deal with a league that's more than just one other team competing against him. Yes. And how do you think he'll cope? I don't think he'll cope well. I'm I'm the big believer that Pep is wildly overrated. He won with Barcelona when, you know, their their team literally was the Spanish national team, which was in the midst of winning European championships and World Cups. And, oh, by the way, just to sweeten the pot a little bit, they also had the best player in the world. Uh, then he went to Bayern Munich, who played in the one-team German league where if anybody else even starts to develop a good player, Bayern Munich comes and, and swoops him up. Mm. There's one other team that can compete with Bayern, and Bayern just happens to keep taking all their best players. And he ran away with the Bundesliga all the time, but couldn't win the Champions League with them. And I think he's going to he's gonna show similar things at Manchester City where he doesn't have the undisputed best team, and he doesn't have the ability to just take the all of his rivals' best players. He doesn't have the best player in the world and, and a national team pretty much playing in his starting 11. Mm -hmm. I do think uh, Sergio Aguero is going to lead the league in goals this year because he's like a nice small little striker and you know small little strikers seem to work well in Pep's system. I think Aguero is going to score a lot of goals. I don't think he'll going to end up winning the golden boot because I think he's going to get injured again. And that's the only reason. He finished like two goals behind Harry Kane last year. Yeah, but I think he's going to miss significant missed, time with an injury. He missed like the entire first half of the season. He missed. He got hurt in October, and he missed from like October to January. And he still finished two two goals behind Harry Kane. He yes, might. he's going to get hurt, but yep. he's going to score goals in bunches when he's not hurt. Mm, we'll see. He played thirty. He made thirty appearances last season. Scored twenty four goals. I don't think he'll play more than 25 games. That, I mean... I think something's going to happen. He hurt last year, scored, yeah. and he played in 30 games. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. That's going to be my uh, pretty safe prediction there regarding Aguero. Score a lot of goals, but get injured. Third place, Tottenham. They uh, spursed out towards the end of the season. And, um, yeah, two big signings here in the summer. Victor Vanyama coming over from Southampton to add some depth to that midfield. And then Vincent Janssen brought in from Alkmaar in uh, the Netherlands to be the backup for Hurricane. Do you remember the last striker that went from Alkmaar to uh, the Premier League? Who was it? Josie Altidore. Oof. That one worked out really well. <laughs> I mean, Janssen is unproven. He, I mean, he only had that one season in the top flight in the Netherlands, but he ended up winning the Golden Boot. 20, I mean, he could 20, play. Josie Altidore is, is a big physical guy who, you know, if, if he comes up against physical people, he's useless because yeah. they out-physical him. Um, Janssen's a better option, and if, if he can provide them any sort of depth to – 
for for Harry Kane, they're a much more dangerous side. And Wanyama's probably one of the best signings of the season because it he can give Dyer a break, he can give Dembele a break. They couldn't win without Dembele last year. Um and they they won like every game that Dembele played in and then he got suspended and they fell apart. Deli Ali is a year older, a year better. Lamella keeps getting better under Pochettino. They have mm. a couple of youth players that are really impressing in the in the preseason. But mainly, Wanyama just gives them – they now have three midfielders for two spots, which is so huge because if if anybody gets hurt, it's just another person that gets to play before Pochettino has to look at his bench and say, okay, Tom Carroll, you're playing today. Yeah. Do you think they'll have enough, though, to not fizzle out at the end of the season? They fizzled out, I think, because they were mad that that they – that they lost their their challenge on the league, and they took it out on Chelsea, and then they all got suspended. I think they they should be strong enough, especially if Jensen can provide them with some cover for Kane, so that Kane doesn't have to play in every game. Um, if Sun Kyung Min can get a little bit better, mm-hmm. give them a little bit more of what they were hoping for when they signed him, that would be nice. I think they'll be okay. They'll be fine. They're gonna finish. I think they're gonna finish second or third. Okay. Then second place, we found Arsenal, 71 points, uh, overtook Tottenham there at the end. Um, Forest transfers in for Arsenal, Granit Xhaka from Borussia Mönchengladbach, 35 million pounds. Then Rob Holding from Bolton, 2 million pounds. And then Takuma Asano from Hiroshima, uh, undisclosed fee for him. They have a lot of injuries on the center back position. Wait, Hiroshima is still a city? Yes. I thought we took it off the map a few years ago. No. Oh, well. Yeah. What are we scared about nuclear weapons then for if we don't eliminate cities? Mm, Quite the fallout. Uh, Let's not get into that. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, Arsenal, I mean, 20 wins last season. That's not bad. Um, But a lot of injury troubles and they still are on the hunt for a center striker. Um, Theo Walcott apparently is a striker. Uh, even though he expressed that the Wenger has to keep clarifying that is like, I mean, such yeah, a... but even Walcott came out and said, Hey, I want to play on the wing. And then Wenger's like, no, you're play striker. And you'll play it very mediocrely. Yeah. Just like you play on the wing. So, uh, you know, we we talked about think, this before. Do you think Walcott wants to play on the wing because that's his only chance of getting back into the England squad? Yeah. Okay. Simple. Um, but at the same time, is he good enough to carry the defensive burden that comes with playing on the wing? Not sure. I'm not sure either. The question is, you know, how does the manager – how does – when it comes to the England question, it's how does Big Sam feel about him? Because I thought England had a lot better options than Danny Welbeck last year. And when they played those March friendlies, Roy Hodgson pretty much made it clear Danny Welbeck is my first choice guy on the right wing. Yeah. And then he got hurt, which should have helped England out, except he did, he chose Adam Lallana mm-hmm. and Raheem Sterling. So it's not so surprising that England lost. No, I mean, but, that, that is definitely one spot in the England team that is up for grabs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain becomes 
the player that Elliot thinks he'll become, that's a good, that's a that's a player that could, that could take that spot. I I don't think he's going to become that player. I think this is just the year where Arsenal are finally going to drop out because they always get hurt. Like to say that, like to predict, you don't want to predict injuries, but with Arsenal, it's it's a safe prediction. Well, it's already started. Of course, it's already started. And Alexis Sanchez, the last game he played in the Copa America, he left with an ankle injury and they said his ankle was so swollen afterwards. Um, even my optimistic Arsenal fan friends are already lamenting this season because apparently Mesut Ozil the year after international tournaments is just, is a, is not something you want to watch. So don't expect him to put up the numbers he put up last season. I mean, he uh-huh. was he was really good at the first half of last season too. He just... and then he yeah. So expect more of what you got out of him in the second half of the season. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that we talked about it last show. They need to stop being cheap. They need to actually spend some money and bring in a better striker than Olivier Giroud, and they desperately need a center back now. Right, and and we spoke about that too with Arsenal. It's kind of I kind of I feel the same way I feel about Bournemouth. You know, they, they improved the squad just enough to stay where they are. The difference between Arsenal and Bournemouth here is that everybody around Arsenal that they're competing with really improved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Do you even think 71 points is going to be enough to finish second this season? God, no. God, no. Yeah, that's the other thing. They got 71 points. It's not a lot. No. Not a great season. No, you get 71 points, you're fighting for fourth next year. Okay. And then, last but not least, champions Leicester City uh, won the league in style at the end, 10 points ahead of Arsenal. And yes, they lost N'Golo Kante, but I feel like they've done some good signings here. They brought in Ahmed Musa I'm, from Cheska I'm Moscow. I'm pretty sure Nepali's Mendy is the same person as N'Golo Kante. I mean, we'll see if he can get the they same. They might be the same human, like actually. <laughs> they look the same, they act the same, they play the same. Yeah. Yeah, Mendy joined from Nice for 13 million pounds. Uh, Musa from Seska Moscow, 18 million pounds, new club record. Um, then they brought in Ron Robert Sealer, the goaltender or goalkeeper from Hannover. Uh, Luis Hernandez from Sporting Gijón. Uh, Raúl Uche Rubio from Rayo Vallecano, and Bartos Kapuchka from Cracovia. So I mean, there are some good signings there, and I mean, the only big loss is Conte. Right. And Conte basically paid for all the other players. <laughs> exactly, but not that the, not that their owners are without money because no. they're not. Um, no, they spent. He spent a bunch of money on new cars for them. Yeah, so that's that's my biggest concern with Leicester. Everybody else has all these different concerns with Leicester. Of they're not. There's no way they could do it again. And you know now they're the hunted instead of instead of being the hunters. You know. The whole thing about Leicester has been they just don't they don't care about any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. We always said, you know, oh, they're playing they have Arsenal and, and City and Liverpool in three consecutive games and, and all they did was they went they went to Liver they beat Liverpool at home. They went to the Etihad, they won three one. Um they they went to Arsenal and they should have won that game. They don't care who's on the other side of the field. They go into every game thinking we can win. Yeah. And and then people say, um, well, they're going to be in the Champions League, and it's more games. All right, they added depth to the team. They did that. Good job. 
Yeah, I mean, I do think that they'll might have they might have a couple of slip ups coming off a yeah, European they're game. Be a little bit more tired. I mean, again, slip ups happen. This yeah. is a team that, that they drew at home to Aston Villa last year, mm-hmm. so you know that that stuff happens. But are they gonna be there? Yeah, because again, this this team they they just go out there and play, and and again. As people say, teams are going to play differently against them. They're they're going to give them more of the ball because they're not as comfortable with that. Well, teams started doing that to Leicester back in February, and they kept winning. Yeah. They kept winning. And you know what's going to happen? They're still going to go to, to to the Etihad, and Manchester City isn't going to be like, when, when Leicester come to town, <laughs> we'll they're not the going to be like, we're going to, we're going to give you the ball because you're not comfortable with it. No. no. City's going to try to play City's way, and City's going to have the ball, and Leicester will be able to hit them on a the counter. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, too, I, I don't feel like they've gotten worse defensively. No, they haven't. And this guy, Ben Chitwell, that that what, that 19-year-old left back, he's really good. Mm-hmm. If Christian Fuchs ever slips up, yep. which isn't going to happen, they've, they've added depth all over the roster. Yeah, and I think Sealer is a really good signing. He's been... Really more, good back. Yeah, really. I mean, he's going he's gonna to provide some really good competition with Casper Schmeichel. Yeah. Uh, Musa, uh, this this Musa guy, he's the truth. He is so much fun to watch already. Leicester yeah. have so much pace in their squad. Up into everywhere you look, there there's pace in that squad. And what I was most impressed with yesterday, especially in the second half when the new signings actually came on and got to play, mm-hmm. United had a lot of the ball, had most of the ball in the Community Shield. And once again, typically they weren't doing anything with it. But... Every time Leicester got the ball, they looked really dangerous. Yeah. No, I th- I I don't think they're gonna win again because we've seen no, just how difficult win, it I is to win back to back. I think fourth place is very attainable for them. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how they do cope with the added games in the Champions League and if they can actually make a splash there as well. Well, um, and and that's again, people. Are, oh, they're going to bounce right out of the Champions League. No, no they're, they're not. not. They're, they're going to be in the first seeding group. One. Yeah, they're in pot one. They avoided all the hard, like all the big teams. There's like three teams in pot two that you want to avoid, and with any luck, they'll avoid them. And then boom, like the teams that they'll have to play, finishing in the top two, they should be able to pull that off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, amazing season for Leicester last year, and I think. You know, they have so much fun stuff to look forward to in the Champions League and the whole city just coming up behind them. I think they're going to have another... Like we said earlier, you know, if they finish 15th, their fans won't care. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. My biggest concern with them, I never even said that. My biggest concern is do they still have the hunger to win? Mm -hmm. Because winning changes you and, you know, walking, walking out to the parking lot the other day and having a new brand new car... You know, are you still hungry? Yeah. That was the brilliance of Sir Alex Ferguson was he kept his players hungry to win. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's going to be, oh, I can't wait for this to start. It's going to be so much fun. And we'll be back later in the week to preview the first match day as we get things going here in the Premier League. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Noren. Paulie is P. Quistel WFAN. And Elliot is Keats was better. And then the main Twitter handle for today's corner kick is today's CK. So hopefully Elliot can sort out his Wi-Fi problems. And all three of us will be back later in the week. Until then, have a good one. Goodbye.
happened.